You know, yesterday I was, I was out to coffee with somebody, and they're getting ready to go off into college. They graduated this weekend, and I was saying about college my first day, and I was nervous, y'all. Anybody nervous about going to, like, college or what's coming next after? Yeah, okay, thank you. You're my people. You're my people. So I remember I went to my very first day at ICC. And my very first day of ICC, I don't know why I was nervous about it, because if you've ever been there, it's just like a big old high school. It's like just going back to high school. Like. And so one of the things that I did is I found my class, but I was almost a little late. I had two minutes to spare when I found my very first class of my very first day of college. And the only seat that was available was almost all the way near the back. This was probably a, a room of about 50 to 60 people all the way in the back, and I remember I got there, I had my backpack on, and I was walking, and I was trying to creep over everybody else's stuff, and I tripped over this girl's backpack. Okay, calm down. I tripped over her backpack, it gets worse. I fell, hit my nose against her desk, and blood started just gushing down my face. That was my first impression my first class in my first year of college. And I'll tell you, day two, you should have saw me when I walked. Like, listen, I got in there and it was so embarrassing. I had two minutes before it was time to start. And I'm telling you, I left blood all over this girl's desk. I was dripping it on her brand new backpack that her mom probably bought for. And so then the worst part is not only have you fallen in front of all these people, but you have to get back up and then walk back to go to the bathroom to get Kleenexes to clean yourself and this poor girl that was in front of you. And I'll tell you, day two, I went back there and I was walking like so carefully. Like I was a little old lady. Like I walked back the next day and I was like, <laughs> like what are these? I looked like the biggest, I, I was a nerd even back then. But I know I was so scared that second day because it was a new chapter for me, and I wanted to make a good impression, and that's where many of us are tonight. Many of us are getting ready to move into a new chapter of our life, move into a new season that we've never been to before, and for many of us, it is very exciting. There's some freedom. There's some independence that goes along with it, but for some of us, it's nerve-wracking. It's scary, and you're kind of unsure what that next season is going to look like for us, because I don't know about you, but there's always fear when you're starting something new, when you're trying new things. And tonight we're going to look at a man who I think felt some of those exact same emotions. So if you have your Bible, tonight I want you to turn to the book of Joshua. We're going to look at the story of Joshua. It's the sixth book in the Bible. You don't have to turn very far. But just to give you a little bit of background before we dive in here, Joshua was Moses' assistant. He was kind of his right-hand man. They had done everything together. Throughout Scripture, we see Moses just pouring into Joshua, raising him up into this amazing leader, seeing the potential in him from very, very early on. You see, Joshua and Moses, um, Moses chose him to lead the Israelites in this battle against the Amalekites. Joshua was the guy that kind of guarded this tent when Moses went and spent time with the presence of God. You see, when Moses went up and got the Ten Commandments, Joshua was right there alongside of him. And what you're going to see tonight as we get into the very first chapter of Joshua is Moses has died, and the responsibility of leading the Israelites has now fallen on his shoulders. And so we're going to pick up today in Joshua chapter 1, looking at the first nine verses. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, 
The Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, I think there's two things from the life of Joshua that we're going to look at tonight that we can apply to our lives as we move into a new season. Now, you may not be graduating, but there may be things going on in your life right now. And you're feeling like God's calling you into something new or something's going on in your family, or maybe you're getting ready to move somewhere. So I think these things that we're going to look at tonight can apply to any of us. And normally I give you three points. We're going to keep it simple tonight. And the very first thing that I think we can see from the life of Joshua is to step out, step out. Because here in Joshua chapter one, we see a man who'd been given a huge task by God. You see, I think it's a task that he probably didn't feel ready for. I don't know if you've ever been in a position like that, where you feel like God's calling you into something that you feel completely unqualified for, been there. But here's what's going on. Moses died and God told him that he was gonna take over and lead the Israelites into the promised land. You see, up to that point, Moses was probably the greatest man who had ever walked the face of the earth. And now Joshua was getting ready to fill his shoes. You see, when I think about Joshua, I think of a man named Brent Berry, probably a name that none of you recognize whatsoever. But on February 5th, 1999, he stepped into something that he probably never, ever planned to do. He played in a game on February 5th, 1999, and he stood in for a guy named Michael Jordan. You see, Michael Jordan had just retired for the second time, completely done after winning championship after championship. And I wonder what must have gone through Brent Berry's mind. When you're stepping into the shoes of the greatest of all time, he probably felt very unqualified. There were all eyes watching him every single step of the way. Some of them just waiting for him to fail, waiting to compare him and say, you're never going to be like so-and-so. See, I can't imagine the weight of that responsibility. And I think that's probably what Joshua felt, walking into the footsteps of a man like Moses. But for Joshua, fortunately, God knew he was up for the task. You see, in verse six, we see God commanding him, be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. You see, it never ceases to amaze me what God will do when each of us step out in faith. 
When it feels very unclear, we feel like we're completely unqualified for the job, but you step out believing that God has called you into something greater. You see, instead of being afraid of new things, we need to step into those opportunities. We need to step into those things that come into our lives. And you see, even when everybody else tells you it's impossible, you're not the right man for the job, you're going to be in over your head, I always think about what would Joshua do? You see, because if we step out in faith like Joshua and follow God, he will give us the strength and the energy to move forward and just wait to see what God does in and through you if you're just faithful. You see, when you start stepping out, you start standing out. People start to look at you and notice that there's something a little bit different. I told you before, my very first job at 15 years old was at Papa John's Pizza, my favorite. I used to, I'm not going to tell you some of the horror stories I did there. But when I was there, I remember shortly I was there for about two months, and this big, burly delivery driver that had a terrible mouth, he came up to me, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this because I'm not going to tell you the exact words he said, but he came up to me, he's like, you're very different. And he said another little word in there that we've kept out. And he goes, there's something about you that's really different. You see, my life at that time reflected something different. You see, I was a kid that had gone through school. I had a relationship with Jesus. And and you know my story. Sometimes it was great. Sometimes it was terrible. But you see, my life started reflecting different, something different. And people started to ask. You see, the place where God planted me is where God started to use me. You see, I didn't have to go and beat people over the head with the scripture or the Bible. I just lived my life in such a way that people started to notice. And those were conversations I could start having with people about why it was different and why I didn't talk like the rest of those people and why I didn't go do the things that everybody else did. You see, I stood out. And that's my encouragement to you tonight. Stop trying to fit in. Stop trying to be normal all the time. You were born to stand out. That's how God created you, to look different than the rest of the world. Stop fitting in and start standing out. In 2 Timothy, it says, so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord, and don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. You see, normal is forgettable. Normal, you'll forget about tomorrow. But I'll tell you, when you start to look a little abnormal, you'll never forget it. Think about those people you went to school with. The people that were a little bit different in my class, those are the people that stood out. Now, they were a little bit different, maybe in how they acted, maybe what they said, maybe even how they smelled sometimes. I can remember those people, but those people that just kind of went with the crowd, kind of hid in the back, forgettable. I don't even remember them. You see, stop sitting in the background and start stepping up. Start looking different. When I was in high school, I read a a story about a young pastor in Africa. And in his tribe, they came up to him one day and they gave him kind of an ultimatum. They said, either you renounce Christ or we're going to kill you. 
you either say, no, I'm not a Christ follower anymore, or we're going to kill you on the spot. And this young pastor said, I'm not going to do that. And in fact, that's what happened. They killed him right then and there. And his friends went back to clean up the home that he was living in. And when they got there, they found his journal. And they went back and they looked at the thing he had written just the night before. And I'll tell you, I read these words probably 20, 25 years ago. And they still stuck with me all the time because I'll tell you, as you listen to this, this is who I want to be. This is how I want people to see me. This is the way that I want to show who Jesus is in my life. And I'm going to tell you right now, I bomb this all the time. I drop the ball in this, but this is the mark. This is the place where I want to be, where one day I'm going to have to give an account to Jesus of how I live my life. And listen to what this young pastor said. He said, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. My die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, worldly talking, cheap giving, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, or rewarded. I now live by faith. I lean on his presence. I walk by patience, am uplifted by power, and labor by prayer. My face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions are few, my God is reliable, and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, preached up for the cause of Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I won't go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till all know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. You see, in just a few short hours later, he met Jesus. He was face to face with his heavenly father. You see, now more than ever, we need you to be a light in this world. We need more people in this world who are on fire for Jesus. And wherever they go, people start to say, there's something different. Can I tell you, time's running out. It's vitally important, the work that you do. Because you see, you might be the only opportunity people have to hear about Jesus. What an awesome responsibility that is. You see, because after you step out, the second thing you do is you step in. You see, if you continue on in the story, God had delivered the Israelites from Egypt. He had promised them their own land, but they didn't believe God. And because of that, God caused the Israelites to wander for 40 years, what should have been a short trip turned into a four-decade trip. And when we pick up in Joshua 3, their wandering was about to come to an end. And you see them just getting ready to enter the promised land. In Joshua 3, verses 14 through 17, it says, 
So the people left camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. You see, as they crossed, I'm sure it was pretty monumental. You see, I think some of these people even had vague recollections of crossing the Red Sea as they were just kids, when they walked through there with their dads 40-some years ago. But you see, now they saw God's power displayed for them in their own generation. You see, in this, it says they got their own miracle. And did you notice there? It didn't come from standing near the river, but by stepping into the river. They stepped into all that God had promised them four decades later. And it goes on to say in chapter four, they got stones and created a monument to remember. So they never forgot what God had done for them. You see, when you step into all that God has for you, you never forget it. It's tattooed on your heart for all of eternity. It goes on to say in chapter four, that day the Lord made Joshua a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. And for the rest of his life, they revered him as much as they had revered Moses. See, the amazing thing about Joshua is he was frightened in chapter one, but he was led to freedom in chapter three. In two short chapters later, he went from being frightened to freedom. And sometimes, not only will you step into what God has for you, But can I tell you, sometimes you'll just step into it, all right. You'll step into a mess. You'll make bad decisions. You'll make mistakes. Soon enough, you'll figure out, I chose the wrong major. You fail a class. You choose the wrong set of friends to be around. Can I tell you, I did all those things, especially the last one. I got involved with the wrong set of people, and it took me on a path far from what God had for me. You see, I sometimes hear students say, Michael, that could never happen to me. Look how strong I am. I was just talking to Nigel and Aubrey yesterday. They were in my office, and and I said, man, I get so nervous when I hear people say that because that was me. I was a kid who had gone to PCS. I'd gone through church my entire life. I can still remember being in the nursery eating Cheerios when my mom was at church. I was that kid. I could easily have said, that will never happen to me. Cut to a few years later, I was that kid doing the typical college things. I was going to parties. I even did this thing called at Bradley called Senior Walk. And it's where when you're a senior getting ready to graduate, you go from bar to bar to bar to bar. I barely even remember that. You see, it all came to a head for me is a couple days later, you see my, my nana, my grandma, she worked downtown. And I saw her a couple days later, and she goes, I was thinking about you the other day. She goes, I was looking out my window at this office I was working, and I saw all these drunk kids just parading down the street. And I thought, oh, I'm so glad that that's not my grandson. 
I didn't have the heart to tell her, that was me. That was me. You see, I often say it's not how close you can get to the line, but how far you can stay away from it. You see, it's easy to say that that won't happen to me. But I'll tell you, in this next chapter, the devil would like nothing more than to edit God completely out of your life. And he'll do it. Because in this room, there is so much potential for the kingdom of God. And I'll tell you, he's going to ramp it up. He's going to come after you. I don't care if you're in a sixth grader or you're getting ready to graduate and you're going into college. If the devil sees potential in you, he will come after you time and time and time again. And it doesn't matter what your family situation is like. It doesn't matter where you grow up. It didn't matter how strong you are in Jesus right now. The devil will come after you, I guarantee it. You see, one of my favorite preachers in all of America is a guy named Levi Lesko, and I love how he says it. When you listen to the right voices, you avoid the wrong places. You see, when I was in college, I was maybe like some of you. I went through seasons where I felt very alone, very isolated. And you see, I just wanted to be included. I just wanted somebody to care about me. I just wanted to see what it was all about. And so we often say, I'm just going to go to that one party. But then a lot of times it starts a spiral effect. You see, I stopped going to class. I started bombing assignments. I started falling asleep. I stopped even showing up. My GPA was in the tank. And when I read Proverbs, this was so me, Proverbs 13, 20, it says, become wise by walking with the wise, hang out with fools, and watch your life fall to pieces. I was definitely the second part of that. So if I could give you just two pieces of advice, those of you who are getting ready to go off to college, or you're getting ready to step into whatever the next chapter is for your life, man, can I tell you, find a church and get anchored in it. If you're sticking around here, stay connected to your local church, whether that's here at Riverside or another great church in the area. But if you're going away, find a church. Campus ministries are amazing, all right? I'm not diminishing that, but they can't replace the local church. Get there every single Saturday night, every single Sunday morning. Get rooted. Find a community of people who will love you, that will pull you closer to Jesus, that are teaching you from God's word. And second of all, Make it your mission to find friends who are also on mission for Jesus. What I mean by that is find people who are going to challenge you, who are also looking at trying to make their relationship with Jesus even stronger. Find a crew that wants to make you love Jesus even more. You see, if you're sticking around here, I say this all the time, but Josh and Nat are doing an amazing job with our Young Adults Connect group. And this summer, I'm telling you, if you're a senior, even if you're getting ready to go away to college or you're getting ready to do something this summer, twice a month, they're meeting at Levi's house. And I love every Sunday afterwards, I hear great stories. I get to hear what happens in that connect group. And so if you want more information about that, talk to Josh, talk to Nat, but find a way for you to get connected with people who cause you to love Jesus even more. Because you see, your friends will determine your future. So choose wisely. Look and see where you pick. You see, if you choose the wrong friends, you'll first start to forget your purpose. 
You choose the wrong people to do life with, get ready. Because you see, you were created to live in relationship with Jesus, to let him direct your life. You were created to tell other people about Jesus. I'm a walking example. When you start to hang out with the wrong people, you start to move in the wrong direction. You see, you were created on purpose for a purpose. Never forget that. You see, I wrote down, wrong relationships rob you of your purpose, but right relationships raise you to your purpose. They pull you up. They encourage you to go after all that God's called you to be. You see, find friends who are going to lift you up. Find friends who love Jesus. Find friends who will encourage you, support you, love you, and sometimes kick you in the butt when you need it. You see, I just got a text the other day from a great friend, a guy that you may know, Sean Jensen, that came and he did abandon last year. He and I are incredible friends and God has put him in my life. And the other day he texted me at just the right moment and gave me such amazing encouragement, had a word for me that I will never forget. I will hang on to that for the rest of my life. You see, find those people who are gonna speak into your life. Listen to what they say and apply it. Learn and grow alongside them. But find that crew of people who love Jesus and are gonna encourage you to go after all that God has for you. Never stop learning. You see, because it's hard to learn anything if you're one of those people that feels like you know everything. Have you ever been around a know-it-all? Oh, those are the worst people to be around. Never get in that place where you feel like you can't learn anything. Be around those people who are gonna challenge you, who are gonna love you. You see, I'm passionate about this because I recently read an article and it said 70% of students who regularly attend church will become disengaged from their faith by the end of their freshman year in college. You see, that's later on if we could have 10 seniors up here and only three of them would still be connected after their freshman year of college. Can I tell you? It's easy to say that won't be me, but I cannot tell you that happened to Rach and I. We both have eerily similar stories about kids who grew up in the church who fell away from God just a couple years after graduation. You see, I'm destined to not let any of you become just another statistic. That's why I pray for you guys every single step of the way, every single day. It's one of the first things out of my mouth. And that doesn't mean it ends tonight or this summer when you go off to your next chapter. I continue to pray for you time and time again that God will bring the right people in your life. That God will continue to give you wisdom and direction for the rest of your life. You see, 365 times in the Bible, God says not to fear, worry, or be afraid. 365 times. That's a reminder for every single day of the year. You see, last week we talked about worry. I'm the person that worries the most about stuff. If you weren't here, go check out the podcast. Because the thing I said is, if you want a life of worry, obsess about things you can't change. Worry will not change anything. Trust me, listen to me. I've worried about stuff over and over for my entire life, and it's never changed a thing. In Romans 8, 38, it says, and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from, God love, from God's love. 
See, in the paper just last week, it gave some startling statistics about graduates. 36% of graduates don't have a clear idea about what to do after high school. One third of you will change your major at least once, and one out of 10 of you will change your major twice. See, as I was preparing this and praying this morning, God spoke to me that there's someone here today, you think you have it all figured out, it's all planned out for you, but in the last couple of weeks, God has started to do something on your heart. God has started to push you in a different direction. And it's not what mom and dad thought it was going to be. It's not what you thought it was going to be. And it's scary and overwhelming because you know the plans are in place. This is where I'm supposed to go. But I really feel like God's calling me somewhere different. Can I give you some encouragement today? If God is opening doors for you, lean into where he's pointing you to. It's a hard conversation. But I learned time and time again, I never want to be out of the will of God. If God is placing opportunities and God is opening that door and I have a piece that this is where I'm supposed to be, I'm walking in it. I'll tell you, it's hard. But when you follow God's plan for your life, people often won't understand it. They'll question it, they'll belittle it, they'll say, oh, no, 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 he's not ready. Oh, no, he's unqualified to do that. But if you know that's where God has called you, step into it. There's that verse in the Bible, for we walk by faith and not by sight. If God has spoken to you, if he's opened a door, walk into it and have faith to believe that he's going to see you through the other side. He's got you. He's been with you over and over. Listen to me loud and clear. You have everything you need to do everything that God has asked you to do. God has equipped you. And even in those moments where you feel like you don't have it, I'll tell you, God's going to come alongside you. He's going to give you strength. He's going to calm your mind. He's going to say, I'm with you every single step of the way. Because in 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4, it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. God's promises are his commitment to you. His promises are your protection. That when you're in a season that feels overwhelming, never forget what God has said about you. Never forget that he's with you every single step of the way. If God says he will do something, he's going to do it. It may not be in my timing. It may not be in your timing. But he's going to see you through to the very, very end. Rest in that. When you're in college, you often can't take one class until you finish another class. So I can't take English 111 until I completed English 110. Or I couldn't take biology until I completed, say, earth science. You have to prove yourself. You have to show that you're capable. You have to show that you're qualified of that. It's called a prerequisite. You have to prove yourself. Can I tell you, 
your perfection is not a prerequisite for God's promise. You don't have to prove yourself. God loves you as you are. And you may have made some mistakes along the way. You may even be sitting here tonight not knowing why God brought you in here. But I often say, God's not looking for your perfection. He's looking for your heart. And when you start to step into all that God has for you, just watch what he does. When you start to give your life over to him, when you start to give your relationships over to him, when you start to give your finances over to him, watch what God will do. It is beyond anything you could ever have even imagined. Because you see, if you turn to almost the very end of the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 21, verses 43 through 45, it says, so the Lord gave to Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had so solemnly promised their ancestors. None of their enemies could stand against them, for the Lord helped them conquer all their enemies. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he spoke came true. You see, God always keeps his promises. See, he doesn't just only make them, he fulfills them completely, faithfully, and in his perfect timing, God's promises stand true. You see, in the book of Joshua, even when it got overwhelming, Joshua chose to focus not on his problems, but on God's promise. Even when he felt overwhelmed, even when he felt like the task was too big for him, he focused on the promises of God. You see, when you step into the will of God and all he has for you, nothing on earth will be able to stop it because he's empowered you. He's equipped you to do all that he's asked you to do. And just know whatever God starts, he's gonna see it through to completion. When God starts to do something in your life and you step into it and your knees are knocking, your hands are shaking and said, this is too big for me, God's ah, ah. I've equipped you. I've been preparing you for this exact moment. Step into it. That promise, that word on your life all those years ago, right now I'm seeing it through to completion. And so tonight, if you're a senior here, I'm so excited to see what God does next. My challenge, step out and step into all that he has for you and just watch what happens. It's not gonna be easy. Things are gonna happen along the way, but when those things happen, hold tightly to God because he will see it through to the end. And so if you're a senior, will you just stand up where you are? If you're a senior, I just graduated, I'm getting ready to graduate. Yeah, give it up for him. Y'all are awesome. I'm just gonna ask you, will you just come up here with me? Just make a straight line kind of right behind here. Yeah. You're a good looking crew, man, oh man. Except for the minion. I love you. If you're if you're here and you're a parent of one of these students, will you just come, also come up with them and just stand behind them? If you're a leader, will you come up here as well? So parents, come on up, find your student, stand behind them. 
If you're a leader, find somebody whose parent wasn't able to make it and just stand behind them, lay hands on them. I'm telling you, when I look at this line, and some of us go way, way back, and some of you, we've just gotten to know each other in the last couple weeks, last few months, this last year. I'll tell you, when I look up and down, the potential that's in this line, I know the whole idea of changing the world gets thrown out there a lot. But can I tell you, when I look up and down at every single person here, the potential that you have to change this world for Jesus is unmatched. And I said to somebody today, I don't say stuff to tickle your ears, to give you a false sense of anything, but I know some of you have been through stuff. I know some of you have scars from things that you went through when you were younger, things that have gone on this year, hard stuff. But I'll tell you, your scars tell a story. The things that have gone in your life have given you a platform that no one else has. You have a unique set of stories. And can I tell you, God's gonna put people in your path. God's gonna intentionally bring people alongside you that need you at just the right moment. God has equipped you with just the right gifts and personalities and temperaments and talents. And I believe that. And so my prayer for you is wherever you go, God's gonna be alongside of you. Never forget. And listen, this is not goodbye because I wanna see you guys this summer. And hopefully I'll see you next year because some of y'all are sticking around. But no, no matter where you go, we're here. This is your community. This is your family. It doesn't end tonight. It doesn't end this summer. We're so invested in you. And so we just wanna pray with you today, that God has his hand on each and every one of your lives, that you step into the destiny and the purpose that God has for you. And I know it's overwhelming sometimes. I know it's hard to figure it out. And some of you have it all figured out right now. This is what I'm doing. And some of you have no stinking clue right now. And hear my heart, it's okay. God's gonna show you in his perfect time where you're supposed to go. Will you pray with me? Dear God, I thank you for every single student on this platform. God, I thank you for every gift that you've given them, every talent. God, I thank you for everything that you've done in their lives, God, and whether their life has been easy or hard. God, help them never to forget that you're with them every single step of the way, that we look back and whether we're in these mountaintop experiences are, God, man, we've gone through valley after valley. That every great thing that happens is because of you. And even in those times when we're overwhelmed, we're lost, we're confused, that you're with us even then, God. And I pray for these students as they step into the next chapter, whether that's college, whether that's work, whether it's the military, God, that they would come close to you, God that they would rely on your guidance, that Holy Spirit, you would speak to them, that you would show them the path to go, God, that you would put the right people in their path, that they would be intentional about finding a community that loves you, that they would be intentional about finding a group of people that will point them closer and closer to you, God. 
And God, that even when things are hard, that they have a group of people all the way back here at Underground that love them, that support them, that believe in them, that are praying for them every single step of the way. And so God, I pray even today that you would give them new dreams, new visions of what this next chapter is gonna look like. And they may not have all the answers and it may seem so far-fetched that there's nothing that could ever come out of this. How is that ever gonna happen? But God, we know that you're a God of miracles. You've made things happen time and time again in your word, but you're still doing that even today, God. And so God, I pray that you would just love each and every one of these students that they would begin to step into all that you have for them. God, I thank you for each and every one of them. And I pray nothing but blessings over the next chapter of their life. And in your name, amen.